This is Tom McGlinchey, former Disneyland cast member and lifelong Disney fan, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 15 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. Before we get to this week's guest, the second part of my interview with the amazing Dean Gashler, I'm pleased to tell you that this week's episode is brought to you by Leaving Conformity Coaching, my life and personal development coaching business. If you feel like you're just going through the motions, living in a fog with no clear idea of why you're here and what you're supposed to do, maybe even wasting your life, then it's time to take steps to change your life and be transformed. Live your life with purpose, clarity, direction, and meaning. Walt Disney said, Disneyland is like Alice stepping through the looking glass. To step through the portals of Disneyland will be like entering another world. Entering Disneyland is like stepping into a world full of magic, wonder, and impossible dreams that come true. In the same way, working with me as your coach will enable you to step into a life unlike anything you may have thought possible. One that is full of promise, joy, and passion. Not always easy, but always an adventure. To find out more about Leaving Conformity Coaching and how I can help you, access some free resources and read my blog, visit leavingconformitycoaching.com stories. In this episode, part two of my interview with Dean Gashler, we backtrack a little. Last time we talked about how Dean got started with Disney and why, and about the two positions he held there. He shared about some different awards cast members can receive and what to look for so you can congratulate them. And of course, we heard some great stories, at least some of which probably made you get a little choked up. We're picking up with last week's discussion about Give Kids the World and then move forward from there this week. He shares special, memorable stories about each main job he did, barbering in the Harmony Barber Shop, selecting Grand Marshals for the parade, and selecting the Veteran of the Day for the flag retreat ceremony. He's even got a couple of extra stories for the flag retreat. It's a wonderful daily event at the Magic Kingdom, and you'll love what he has to say. Be sure you have your tissues handy for all of these, just in case. After these stories, hear Dean and me talk about what he would most want to do for Disney. Here's a hint, you won't be surprised at all. His tips for getting the most out of a visit to Walt Disney World, what inspires him, and his advice to you for following your dreams. By the time you get to this point in the interview, you'll be all ears to know what he has to say on this one. We finish up with one more story, Keep the Tissues Out, and information on how to find him and his blog online. I received some amazing positive feedback from part one with Dean, and I think you'll love part two just as much. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and continue this story. My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're, we're huge, huge Disneyland, Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others. That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland podcast, we share current resort news, 
some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures, and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort, or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast at www.talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make, make it, it a, a Mickey, Mickey day. And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. We've talked about the Make-A-Wish Kids and Give Kids the World Village. And I want to encourage people oh. who are listening that come out for a Walt Disney World vacation or, or whatever. Take a day, rent a car, get a taxi, whatever. Yes. Go to Give Kids the World Village and volunteer. Uh, you have to arrange it in advance. You can go to gktw.org for Give Kids the World and fill out their volunteer application. It's only, what, 15, 20 minutes from Walt Disney World to get there. And uh, on my first trip a couple of years ago, my wife and I actually took a day and went and volunteered at Give Kids the World Village. We did a morning shift and an afternoon shift there. And it was amazing. So rewarding, isn't it, Randy? It really is. The morning shift, we were three hours at the carousel. And it was unbelievable to see these kids and their families and to see the village oh, itself and what they do. Just an amazing facility. It is so, so, so amazing in what they do. And uh, uh, let me add something real quick. When I retired, the barbershop quartet at Walt Disney World became some of my very, very dearest, dearest friends. And I spent many years, they're still very, very close friends of mine, they came and performed at my retirement party. They sang Barbershop and Four Part wow. Harmony. Nine of them showed up. So that's the old question. How many are in a quartet? Well, at Disney, there was nine of them. They, Apparently nine. And yeah. <laughs> my, my brother and uh, his wife flew in. My sister uh, and, and her boyfriend flew in from Fort Worth, Texas and surprised me. We were there at the table. Here we go again, Randy. I mean, I can do this. <laughs> but... but the Dapper Dans here at Walt Disney World went together for my retirement gift. They purchased a stone in my mother and father's name in the Avenue of Angels, and then they made a $500 donation to Give Kids the World, that organization. I was speechless. I was, I was humbled beyond belief knowing that it went to that organization. And folks, Randy just said probably the most important thing on this whole interview. If you ever have that opportunity and you're down here, check that out. That is, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Take just a few hours out of your day. It's not that expensive to rent a car or get a cab to do it. You know, like I said, we did our two shifts there. We also actually raised some money and brought uh, some donations of money and supplies uh, for them, which it wasn't much, but they were so appreciative of it. So, you know, take a few hours to do it. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the volunteer page for Give Kids the World so that people can just go right to the show notes and click through 
uh, to volunteer there. Very good, Randy. Man, well done. Super. Thank you. Super. Oh, oh I, I mean, this, this is, you talk about uh, a rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. Second to none. Second to none. Yes, it is. Right. I could not agree more. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> okay, now let's go back to some stories. Okay. All right. Now that we're all cheered up, yeah, let's do that. Your guests probably know that we, you and I conversed a little bit about what you wanted to hear about. I didn't have any <laughs> privileged information about Disney, anything like that. But I was a cast member that was one of the most fortunate. I spent seven years in the Harmony Barbershop. Uh, my last year, in addition to my Grand Marshal responsibilities, I selected the Honorary Veteran of the Day, the uh, person, the man or woman, uh, representing the military at the flag retreat, which happens at uh, 5 o'clock daily in Town Square. And, mm-hmm. of course, my main thrust was the Grand Marshals. And I decided what I'm going to do is try to share a quick little story about each of them. And I had a... Um, I'll start with the barbershop. I I was uh, in the barbershop one day. For some reason, I was the only barber working at that particular time. There were normally two barbers working. This this lady walked in with two little boys and said, are you the Disney barber? I said, yes, I am. I said, well, we saw saw this in a brochure, and the boys wanted to get their hair cut by the Disney barber. I said, great, great. So I'm striking up conversation as I'm cutting the boys' hair. The mother was sitting in the waiting chair, and she was just nervous. She was just, she was just everywhere and looking and, and everything. And I said, okay, well, is your husband here? Yeah, I said, he wanted to play a round of golf on a Disney golf course. He's doing that now while the boys are getting their hair cut. And I said, well, where are you from? And I start the conversation. And this lady tells me she's from Memphis, Tennessee, that her husband, I believe, works some sort of construction or building, and she was a nurse and they wanted to come to Walt Disney World in the worst way but pretty much with two young boys lived kind of paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. so her and her family had a family meeting and this lady volunteered for the midnight to 8 a.m. shift in the emergency room of this hospital because it paid about $2 an hour more. They, right, they, sure. they took the $2 for every hour she worked there, they put it in their Disney account, and here they were. Wow. So this woman. It's a lot of hours. And she said the boys gave up activities at school to help around the house, and Dad did this because she would come home at 8 in the morning, you know, and this was a large city, and there were drug overdoses and car accidents and DUIs and things like this that she dealt with. It was that why they paid that. And this, she had this, this amazing smile, and she was absorbing. She was absorbing the barbershop and everything around it. I describe her as a person who wore her clothes out from the inside. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was just everywhere. And she told me this amazing story, and I said to her, I want to ask you a question. This is a loaded question. I said, for close to two years, you did that. Was it worth it? With what you went, was it worth it? And she looked at me, and she said, oh, yes, 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 yes. That 
that's my barbershop story, okay? <laughs> okay. That's good. And that speaks so much to what Disney is to people. There I you mean, go. to yeah. do all of that and say, you know, I'm finally here. And yes, it was worth it. All of that was worth it. I, I told cast for years, I told cast members, I said, every guest that comes to the turnstile at Walt Disney World has a story. We, mm-hmm. we just don't know what that story is. We don't know if they just got tragic news, and it might be little Johnny's last trip. We don't know if they've got engaged and are celebrating their engagement or their 50th wedding anniversary or that that darned old big C. You know, maybe they just found out that, sorry to tell you, the, the lump is malignant, or, or maybe they're celebrating you know, having beaten something. So mm-hmm. we, we just we just don't know what that story is. And that's why we've got a, hi folks, can I help you today? What can I do for you? Sometimes you're privileged to know those stories and other times you, you just don't. But, uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, you're exactly right. Just recently, this past February, a friend of a friend introduced me and I just talked to him and he's fine with me using his name. Okay. United States Army Major Eric Massey in February, uh, like I said, a dear friend of mine introduced me to him, and he was asking me would it be possible for Eric to do the flag retreat ceremony. Eric Massey took 167 men to Iraq to secure the voting areas for the Iraqi people who were about to vote for the first time ever in a democratically held election. The first time in Iraq's history they've ever done this. And he had to secure the voting areas and the voting booth. Wow. And I visited with him and he told me these amazing stories about what he went through. And he said, but Dean, do you want to know what my proudest accomplishment was? And I said, Sure, tell me. He said, I bought 167 men home. Wow. That's incredible. Is that not amazing? He was a piece of history. His unit that he took over there, the first time ever, what we think about voting, oh yeah, if I get time, oh my gosh, they're so busy, oh, I'm running late, you know, I've got to fill my car with gas, you know, on election day. Right. And, and, <laughs> and these folks... He had to provide the security so these folks could vote for the very first time ever. And he said to me, my proudest accomplishment was that I took 167 men over and I brought 167 men home. So I, uh, I normally got off at 4 o'clock. Uh, my, I would clock out at 4 o'clock. I stayed till 5 o'clock to watch Eric Massey bring the flag down that day. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Pretty humbling to stand next to somebody like that. Great, great. Oh, so anyway, yeah. all right. So they selected the veteran of the day significantly before the flag retreat ceremony. Then it sounds like if you got off at four and it was at five, you must have done it quite a bit earlier. Sometimes during the day, yes. Uh huh. It was different every day. Remember, I said earlier what was a normal day like for me. You know, uh, <laughs> I usually had a lot of helpers out there. If I didn't have my veterans selected by parade time, I would spread the word, look for a U.S. Army ball cap or a Navy 
sweatshirt or something like that, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. people, people love to help me out. People <laughs> love to help me out. And, and yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a privilege. It was really a privilege. I, I was so humbled by these men and women. The toughest thing really about the flag retreat was these people would say, could you get some, I, I really, I wasn't in any combat situation or anything like that. I, I had a desk job. No, no, no. You know, it's like a car. Every piece of a car is, is very important. You know, you, try, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, but these people were so humble and so, it's, it's just my job. Why, do, why would you honor me for doing my job? It was a blast. It was a very humbling experience. I actually met a man one day that had served on the USS Missouri. He'd lied about his age to get into the Navy, and he served on the USS Missouri during World War II. So wow. That was, that was amazing. His daughter was, mm-hmm. in, was pushing him in a wheelchair, and he had a ball cap and a shirt at USS Missouri. And this young guy started trading pins with me. I was pin trading, and he was, okay, okay, oh, let me look at that one. Oh, and I'm, oh, my God. And I had to chase him like, all the way down to the castle. I said, was that USS Missouri on your shirt? And, and uh, what a guy. I have hundreds of stories about the amazing grand marshals I had the privilege of meeting. I want to talk about a little girl, if you're ready, that I met this past February. And this little girl, her name is Haley. And you talk about a little girl, a little stinker that went to my heart. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you want to grab a Kleenex? Uh, it might be a good idea to grab a Kleenex. Right now. <laughs> Hopefully uh, by now everybody's just got the box of tissue. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. It wasn't like this every day, believe me. But, <laughs> but this little girl, I met the family on Main Street, and there was a party of 10. It was grandparents, uh, the parents of Haley, and her sibling, and then a brother or sister, and their spouse and their children. And they all had these bright red T-shirts with mouse ears, and inside the mouse ears it said, Haley's Pals. And they were having a ball. They were having a blast. And so I go, hi, how's Haley's pals? Who's Haley? And they were having a blast. They were, having, they were here to celebrate. They were having a good time. I went over to visit with Haley's mom and struck up conversation. She shared with me that Haley was seven. And when Haley was five, they found a golf ball-sized tumor on her brain. Oh, wow. And the, this tumor was pressing against her spinal cord and it was obstructing the flow of her spinal fluid. And they were very, very fortunate that they found this because three days later, she had a surgery with a team of neurosurgeons that literally saved her life. And now it was two years later, Haley is seven, and she's in the Magic Kingdom celebrating the fact that she is recovering from her second brain surgery. Wow. A tumor had recurred, and they had to have another surgery on her brain. And I told Haley's mother, I said, gather your gang together and meet me over here. I have a surprise for you. Went into more conversation with her, and she also shared with me that her father, Haley's granddad, was here, was a Vietnam veteran. <laughs> and so, yeah, talk about killing two birds with one stone. I, yeah. got, I got the gang together and announced that all of Haley's pals were going to be the Grand Marshals of the parade that day. And, oh my goodness sakes, they just, 
they really, really, really went in. And then I turned to Granddad and I said, I understand we are privileged to have a Vietnam veteran here with us today. At 5 o'clock today, Haley's Granddad is going to be our honorary veteran of the day, and he's going to bring the flag down. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So we go through the, the parade. Uh, this news about Haley at age seven recovering from her second um, brain surgery uh, spread like wildfire around the cast. The entertainment team had two-thirds of the performers in the parade for a special meet-and-greet before the parade for Haley and the gang. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> I... Uh, uh, they, they of course, lit up the parade route, and I'm looking at a little note. Well, first of all, Haley said that this was the best day of my life, and I got a note from Haley's mother, and she says, the feeling we experienced of being the parade grand marshals is indescribable. We were overtaken by emotion and reached a feeling of extreme bliss. Now, later... I got a letter from Ken, who is Haley's granddad, and he wrote about being his experience doing the flag retreat. And he said, the pictures taken of the flag ceremony will be a permanent part of my service collection. I was honored to be Disney's veteran of the day. He went on to share that the honor bestowed upon him at the Magic Kingdom that day was one of the biggest highlights in his life, citing... It was the first time he had ever been recognized since returning home as a Vietnam veteran. Wow. So this was their family. Now, here comes the Kleenex part, okay? Okay. The reason it became so important to me to get Haley's story out was that I've remained in contact with this family. And this spring she started having problems with her vision and they discovered a cyst on her optic nerve. They were afraid that she was going to lose her eyesight and it motivated me. I said, Haley is going to read her story. She's not going to have anybody read it to her. And she had to go through a third brain surgery and they found a tumor behind the cyst that didn't show up on the MRI now she's in the second grade she's the best soccer player on the team (laughs) and thank God that she survived three of them now at age she's almost eight maybe she's eight by now I had the privilege of interviewing her this only lasts a minute would you mind hearing my phone interview with Haley Please. Okay. I've got it queued up here on my computer. Here we go. Hello, Haley. Hi. How are you, sweetheart? Good. I decided to write a book about all the amazing people that I met. And I want to write a chapter about you. Would you be okay with that, honey? Yeah. Okay. Cinderella sent a little gift up to Pittsburgh with me. Did you get your gift? Yeah. So who is your favorite Disney princess? Cinderella. I knew it. I knew it. Do you remember uh, the day that you were the 
the princess and the grand marshal in the parade? Yeah. Do you remember um, what that felt like? Can you tell me what that felt like to be in the parade that day? It was the best day of my life. It was the best day of your life. Wow. You know what, sweetheart? It was one of the best days of my life, too. There we are. Wonderful. Wow. Yeah. This sounds familiar. You wrote a blog post about this too, right? On, on your right, blog, exactly. Right? Yeah, that that's taken directly from there. She is yeah. just so special, and it just became my mission to have this out there where she could read it. Because I told my wife, I said, I don't want anybody to ever. Thank God that her vision has been restored, and that, uh, but uh, and that and the surgeons are so brilliant that they're able to to do things like this to take a, a cyst and a tumor off of an optic nerve but uh, uh, that her, her sight was restored to read this. But uh, she's a dandy. She's a dandy. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> wow. So, Randy. Uh, and I'm going to link to that post in the show notes as well. Sure. So that people can read it and so that they can see those wonderful pictures that you have in right. that post of her family and friends. And right. Everything. Well, thank you, Randy. I, I'm anxious to share that. She's a little girl. It's impossible not to fall in love with her. <laughs> she's, she's amazing. So, uh, sure. Anyway, well, thank you, Randy. I appreciate that. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm happy too. Now, it sounds like the answer to the next question is going to be, I've already done it. (laughs) (laughs) If you could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, not just in the park, anywhere in the company doing anything, what would it be and why? I had the best job in the company. I truly did. I would not have traded anything for what I did. I was extremely blessed to do what I did, I approached it. Uh, I don't think anyone in the park had more fun than I did, but in the same breath, I don't think anybody took what they did any more seriously than I did and tried to create magic for every guest that I came in contact with. I, I just can't think of anything I could have done that I would have done any differently. That's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. I feel very rewarded to have done what I've done and had the support from the company and from the staff and from from the president of Walt Disney World all the way down to every cast member supported the marshals and uh, I <laughs> I think you're right I think I answered that already <laughs> yeah, yeah I was I was a blessed man indeed to do what I did definitely and I can understand why so many people would want to support the Grand Marshal coordinator I mean, you kind of get to be the little coordinator elves running around <laughs> helping out <laughs> coordinator elves <laughs> that's good that's good yeah I had uh, I, there was a team of us uh, I sort of led up the team and the folks who would do the Grand Marshal selection on my days off or vacation time sick, sick time that sort of thing uh, it was not hard to find people who wanted to do that. It was, it was a privilege. It truly was. It truly was. I'm sure. <laughs> so, from having done that job for 14 years and then being in the Harmony Barbershop for seven years before that and getting to know the, the way that guests experience the Magic Kingdom and, and getting to know the park itself pretty well over that time. Right. Uh, do you have any tips that you'd want to share with guests? You know, something that they may not know or may not yeah. think about that could make their visit a little better? Oh, I would probably say 
the parks are the, the theme parks are so amazing. I always felt sorry for guests who said we're here two days and we're gonna we're gonna try to do all four parks. Uh, I, I said stroll through these parks, look at look at everything. Don't run through them. Don't run from Space Mountain to Splash Mountain. Stroll, look around, uh, take it in. One of the things that I <laughs> probably will never happen, but you know, be courteous to the other guests. You know, that sometimes you just see people elbowing. You know, to 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 get in front of somebody or cut in front of them, you know, be polite, you know, uh, uh, Disney provides so much, you know, for the guests, uh, smoking areas, and you're probably not going to see the entire park in one day, so don't, mm-hmm. don't be upset if you take an entire day and absorb the park and let it absorb you, you know, sort of a thing. Be nice. Gosh, be nice. <laughs> be nice. <laughs> well, you know, there, there you go. <laughs> There's the, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. But, uh, you know, I think sometimes, and, and I don't know if this is human nature, or whatever, but sometimes as cast members, well, look at that guest, and they'll say, did you see that nasty lady and what she did? You know, And I would say something like, yes, I did, but did you see that little boy's eyes light up when he saw the castle for the first time? Mm. For, for every one of those inconsiderate guests that's out there making your day miserable, there's 20 guests out there who, if you just look at them and listen to them and they'll make your day, but in a much more pleasant way. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that would be my advice. I hope that's what you were looking for today there, Randy. I really do. What a fun thing to talk with you about this and share this. Good. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. And you know, some people have tips about, uh, you know, an attraction or, how to do something, best angle to see the parade from or something. But sometimes the best tip is just the attitude that you bring with you into the park, the attitude that you bring with you onto your vacation. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, What inspires you? Oh, my gosh, inspiration. I think the big thing that inspired me about Disney is that kid, that kid. You find that kid in the guests and you find that kid in yourself and how supportive the company is. We have rules we have to follow. There are uh, procedures and things that we have to do and things that have to happen, of course. But I find that in my career, I was given latitude if I showed responsibility with that latitude. And the company supports that so much. They love your ideas. They love, let's try it this way. Let's do it this way. That's inspirational to me. When you come to the table with an idea and and ah, forget it, forget it. You know, oh, let, let's take a peek at it. Let's maybe we can try it that way. That sort of thing was really very important to me. And quite honestly, I tried things that didn't work. And I said, well, you know, now we learned something. And they were supportive if things didn't work so well sometimes too. But when you inspire people that want to come back to you and go through the trouble of coming to the Magic Kingdom to look you up just to shake your hand and thank you, and you really made our day. That rewards that don't show up anywhere on the paycheck. The rewards, mm-hmm. the rewards that you get to keep and you get to put them in your hand and hold on to and keep with you. That's what inspired me. Love of people. and Like you said, you get into a giving contest with people you give from the heart, they'll outgive you every time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Now, a lot of people listening have their own dreams, and you are someone who had your dream job at Walt Disney World that you wanted, and you got it. And then there was the dream job that was the only one that could be more of a dream than the dream job you had. And then you got to do that one too. So, you know, they're listening to somebody right now who's really been able to live a couple of dreams. Right. And they may want to work for Disney. Maybe they've got that ideal role that they want to do, or they've always wanted to be an Imagineer or the voice of a princess or whatever. Or maybe they want to do something entirely different, something not related to Disney at all, but they've just got this dream. And maybe... they've even forgotten what it is you know they've right. it's just been stamped down so much that they don't maybe they think they don't even have one anymore yeah. what advice do you have for that person i never dreamed it would happen to me either <laughs> you know i <laughs> was a, a farm kid from kansas that ended up representing again one of the most visible companies in the planet in a position that uh, how did that ever happen attitude, um, belief, faith. I have a saying on my website, and it was given to me by a dear friend of mine, and it says, never let anyone who gave up on their dream talk you out of yours. Sometimes, like, I think you used it just now. You said, beaten down. You know, sometimes, oh, what are you thinking of? You can't do that. Like I said, when I called my wife and told her, I don't know who the new Grand Marshal coordinator is going to be, but I can tell you who it won't be. It won't be me. That was, right. that was the way I looked at myself. I went into that interview and there were three managers of Magic Kingdom Guest Relations who interviewed me, who became essentially my co-workers and the my bosses, whatever, however you want to look at it. But I always said I'd, I always worked with people, not for people. And these three people became friends of mine. And one day I had two of them. And I said, I want to tell you something. Remember the day you interviewed me? <laughs> I called my wife and told her there was no way that it was going to be me that was selected. You had 99 other people to choose from. I filled my application out in pencil and came with hair all over my costume, you know, because I just finished a haircut. I, I, I couldn't even pronounce my own name. I was, And the managers told me, they said, do you know, Dean, when you left the room and closed the door behind you, we looked at each other and said, we found our man. Wow. <laughs> and they went right into the general manager's office and said, we've made the selection. We think our, our man is Dean Cashler. And um, it happens. It happens. I think if you have faith and belief and you want it bad enough, I never dreamed it would be me standing behind that barber chair in the Magic Kingdom. I had a buddy who came to me all the time. He was in the barber shop with me. He was a barber as well uh, from, I believe, up in Pennsylvania. But he just thought I had this big red S on my chest and that I walked on water and, and all of this <laughs> because I was a Disney barber. And I tried every visit that he would come down, I would try to convince him that I was just an ordinary guy. I, and he kept saying he was going to sell his barber shop. And he was going to come down and try to get a job at Disney. And I said, well, if that's what's in your heart, follow your heart, follow your dream. You know, I mean, it's kind of what happened to me. So I said, before you do that, though, what's today? And he had this enormous smile on his face. And just when he thought about what's today, his smile went away. Hmm. It was Christmas Day, and I was working. Uh. It was Christmas 
day. Yeah. And, and I was working. And I said, yes. I said, but remember this part of the job, too. It's Christmas Day, and I'm at work. My family is going to hold Christmas dinner till I get off work this evening. And you're on vacation right now. So remember that part of it, too. So it's right. part of it is being willing to do the job, to do that's required of the job. I, yeah. I, re- I remember when I went into Traditions, they showed us a film. And I called it the invitation not to work at Disney film. It showed a guy getting up at 3 a.m. to go to work. <laughs> our, our teacher went around. We had, hi, my name is Dean. Hi, my name is Randy on our uh, you know, little ID tags. And the instructor went around and said, Dean, do you normally work on your birthday? I said, no, normally I don't. He said, well, if you come to work at Disney, you're probably going to work on your birthday. Uh, Randy, <laughs> you like to work Sundays? No, nah, no, nah, I never, never, never work Saturdays and Sundays in my life. Well, you come to work for Disney, you're probably going to work some Sundays and some Saturdays. And uh, Joe, you ever work Christmas Day? Never have. Well, you come to work for this company, you probably <laughs> I called it the invitation not to work here. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, it comes with the territory, though, too. So, and I, yeah. think, I think a willingness to understand what the, this company is all about, too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having the dream and following it and also being willing to make the sacrifices. There you go. Oh, like, there you go. So. There you go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mentioned Ron Schneider earlier in the the interview and when he was answering the similar question he mentioned a book on acting and the entire first chapter is about why you should never be an actor (laughs) all the horrible things that go into it and how difficult it is and you'll probably not succeed and and all this (laughs) and then the second chapter starts with if you've made it through the first chapter Congratulations! You, you now have a one in a million chance of succeeding at being an there, actor. You just your odds went up from zero in a million to one in a million. <laughs> exactly, because now you've got that chance. Right, because you because you read chapter two. I I don't know. I guess again, I go back to that wonderful mother of mine, and she always found the good in everything. And I, you know, even thought sometimes that my gosh, people all over the world are trying to watch the Walt Disney Parade, and it's going right by my barber shop right now. You know, <laughs> and uh, and there's somebody out there who's, you know, granddad probably won't be with us next Christmas. You mm-hmm. had that opportunity as well, and you know what, Randy, I wasn't the only guy at work that day. There were probably eight or nine thousand of us working in the Magic Kingdom that day. You know, I mean, several thousand. I don't, I don't know how many people work there on a given day, but uh, there were a bunch. I wasn't the only one there. We all did it. It's an amazing team. It's an amazing cast. Yeah, you know what it makes me want to do is on the next major holiday, go to, in my case, Disneyland, and just spend the day going to all of the cast members working and thanking them for working that day. Wow. Wow. Again, if I were there on Christmas Day and someone came up to me and said, thanks for being here today and shook my hand, nobody probably likes to set their alarm clock on Christmas Eve to go to work Christmas morning, but you know, mm-hmm. we, we do. It's what it takes to make the magic sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I heard one time that successful people will do what people that aren't so successful won't do. Now they don't mm-hmm. they don't enjoy doing it, but they do it. Right. Right. Yeah. They don't enjoy. There's nowhere in there that says that successful people enjoy doing right. what unsuccessful people don't. Just that they'll do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. 
Good, good stuff. You really got an amazing job talking to these cast you get the good stuff and so that's that's good stuff that's amazing i couldn't agree more yeah i am very privileged to be able to do this wow so and grateful to people like you who come on the show and, and are willing to talk to me and share the stories oh yeah it's a pleasure to share that i haven't even talked about the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg <laughs> you know but uh, <laughs> uh, there were things that happened to me i want to share a real quick one with you this young man gary i still keep a picture where I can see it. This young man, I approach his family. They're in Adventureland. They're having just this wonderful time. Hey, what are we doing? What are we have? What are we celebrating? And Gary approaches me and he said, my dad told me that if I won a medal at the Special Olympics that I get to go to Disney World. And I go to him, Gary, you won a medal at the Special Olympics? He said, no, he said, I won two gold medals at the Special Olympics. I go, wow. And his family, and there was another family, friends of theirs, they were traveling together. And we do the Grand Marshal and bit, and Gary is so excited that we're getting ready to load onto the vehicle to start the parade. And he comes up to me and he said, Dean, I don't know whether I'm more excited about being in the parade or winning my gold medals. He said, by the way, Mom has my two gold medals in her purse. May I wear them on the parade route? I said, certainly, Gary. I insist. I insist you wear them. So he puts his two gold medals on. And I find out in the course of the conversation that his father coaches Special Olympics kids and uh, very involved with the Special Olympics. So they do the whole parade route, and we're celebrating afterwards, and Gary walks up to me, and he said, Hey, Dean, do you like surprises? And I said, Yes, I, well, who doesn't like surprises? Right. He, he takes one of his gold medals, puts it over my head and around my neck. Wow. And I just come so, so close to I walk around, I gather myself, I kind of look the other way, I try to swallow that huge lump in my throat, and I walk over to his dad, and I said, sir, your son has just given me this gold medal. It's a gold medal from the Special Olympics, and he's given it to me. I said, I really don't think it's appropriate for me to keep this. And he said, Dean, my son loves you, and that's the way he's showing his love for you. He said, you keep that medal, Dean. My son knows what he's doing. And I go, yes, sir. I said, listen, I see your camera there. I said, follow me. I went back over to Gary, and I said, Gary, let's, you and I, hold our medals up here and let your dad take a picture. And I want you to send me this picture of you and I with our gold medals. And his dad did that. And I still have <laughs> I still look at that picture. I've looked at this picture a thousand, thousand times, and that kid still inspires me, what he's done. He got a job at a place that sells Christmas trees, mm-hmm. and, this, and the, I found this out. This is only a few years ago. It was a very windy day. I believe he lives in Massachusetts, and a um, very windy day. This lady had a baby in the cart, and she was putting her items away, and the wind grabbed the cart and started blowing it toward the road, and... Uh, and he ran and saved that child. He, he uh, stopped that cart from going into the road. 
Wow. And, and the police officer who was there saw the whole thing, and they declared him a hero. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of the neat stuff. I tell you what, my house has a lot of things in it. Number one, my beautiful wife, and we have two cats that just don't leave us alone here. But, <laughs> but I tell you, I, I, I tell you, if my house were on fire, I would leave a lot of things in it and grab that gold medal to take it mm-hmm. with me. It, it means it just absolutely means the world to me. That young man, had, uh, what he did for me. Sure, definitely. Well, I know you have a lot more stories, certainly more than we have time for in this interview. And so I want to give you a chance to tell people where they can find you to read more of your stories. Great, Yeah, it's Main Street USA Memories, deangashler.com. I've got some of these stories out here. I plan to write a book about these experiences. In fact, I've got maybe a third of it done already. I I just retired in June. And the more I go into this, the... The more fun it seems to be. I'll think of a story like Gary, and Gary will inspire me to think of maybe two more, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, I plan to write a book about it. It's in the works. It's in the works. Yeah, DeanGashler.com, Main Street USA Memories. And that's about it. Um, I appreciate you, Andy. I thank you for your time. This was amazing. This was a blast. I can't believe we've been on the phone for over an hour and a half. I know. I can't believe it either. Time really does fly when you're having fun. <laughs> like Kermit the Frog says, time's fun when you're having flies, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> right, right. I think that's a wonderful thing, too, a sense of humor. I think we're all guilty of just taking ourselves so, so seriously and the ability to, to chuckle and to laugh and to even giggle at yourself every once in a while. It It kind of takes the edge off and people appreciate it. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, and I'm going to link to your blog in the show notes here, too, so that people perfect. can get to that. Perfect. Perfect. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Are you heading to Florida anytime soon? Uh, we've got a trip lined up for late June of next year. Okay. Great. So not Great. real soon, but we do have that one. I hope it works that I get to shake your hand. I would love to do that. I would... Uh, I would love to meet you and say hello to you and, and thank you for this privilege in person to tell what little I know about Walt Disney World. And uh, I'm flattered that you thought of me. And uh, I appreciate that very much. And I, I'm very thankful for your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I look forward to meeting you in person, too. Great. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. 
You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over the counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and Blackberry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A N O M A L Y podcast.com. Just one one hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by jewelbeat.com. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A very special thank you to Dean Gashler for being my guest and to you for listening. I hope you enjoyed and were inspired by these episodes. Remember what Dean said, don't let anyone who's given up on their dream talk you out of yours. If you've worked for the Walt Disney Company in any capacity and would like to share a positive story, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY anytime, 24 hours a day. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, let's talk. If you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience or had an encounter or interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic or had any special Disney experience you want to share, I'd love to hear from you too. Again, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes on the website, or through Stitcher Radio. If you already have the Stitcher app for your mobile device, you can add the show directly. If not, go to stitcher.com slash storiesofthemagic to download the app and have this show added automatically. Apparently, the Zune store no longer exists. It's now Xbox Music, so I'm working on making sure I do whatever I can to make it so you can listen natively on whatever device you have. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes. Those ratings help make the podcast more visible there, so it's easier for people to find. Leaving a rating and a review will only take a couple of minutes, and I'd be very grateful to you. And thank you to the listener who left a review this week. I really appreciate it. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links for each episode, too. Please like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash storiesofthemagic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash storiesofmagic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest, plus one it on Google+. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic and fun. Finally, remember that this episode has been brought to you by Leaving Conformity Coaching. If your life is out of balance or you feel like you're missing out on your purpose, visit leavingconformitycoaching.com stories and let me help you discover and connect to your God-given purpose and value to build your life to achieve true success and meaning and to positively impact your world. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com. 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.